0: Welcome into the Talkin' Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. Travis Ryder, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com along as well. You can follow us on Twitter at talking underscore Tide. You get links to all of our podcasts right there on the Twitter feed, so give us a follow there. Catch us wherever you like to get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and, of course, you can catch us live on – YouTube, or Facebook as well. We want to thank Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, one of our fine sponsors, and as well our corporate sponsor, DraftKings. More on both of those uh, fine sponsors later in the program. Travis, kind of a midweek addition for us. Uh, We did not uh, do a Sunday nighter this past week, so we're a little bit off the normal schedule. But uh, football hires kind of have their own schedule too. And uh, Bill O'Brien news broke this morning that he is off to be the offensive coordinator at uh, back to the NFL with the New England Patriots. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit, of course, about where Alabama's men's basketball squad stands uh, as it enters uh, another league game at home Wednesday night against Mississippi State, kind of look ahead there. But first, Travis, your thoughts and reaction to uh, Bill O'Brien's, excuse me, Bill O'Brien's uh, widely anticipated exit. Yeah, I think you said it. It was anticipated. It was more of a
1: a question you felt like of when than if. And even the destination seemed pretty much uh, what you would expect. I know there have been some rumblings about some scenarios involving Tom Brady and Tampa, and should he come back to the Bucs for another year? Maybe that could be where uh, Bill O'Brien was headed next, but it's back to New England, and um makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm happy for Mac Jones. I mean, watching that offense and just that situation in general offensively. I know Alabama fans weren't happy with their own offensive situation this season, but – if you needed to feel better, you know, on Sundays, you could just watch the Pats. And I, I think, uh, I think you could, you could get that accomplished.
0: You know, I wrote a little something about it today and uh, in terms of what Nick Saban faces here with this vacancy, we can get into a couple of names getting tossed around as, as potential replacements for O'Brien. But looking back quickly, Travis, and his, two years at the helm, really two very, to me, two very different seasons, 21 to 22. and 21, uh, the offense was uh, fantastic, frankly. Not many other ways to describe it. Uh, And, of course, came unglued at the worst possible time with some injuries at wide receiver in the second half of a national championship game against Georgia. So it didn't get the finish. Uh, that I know Alabama fans wanted but when healthy uh that offense was was dominant uh and a year later in 2022 uh, much more spotty um mm. the the uh the Jimmies and Joes maybe not quite there in 22 as they were in 21 particularly at that aforementioned wide receiver spot uh and it was it was more of a struggle it was
1: you know and I think it is a what if tenure the best way I can describe it for Bill O'Brien, because you're always going to think about 2021 in terms of what if Jamison Williams, what if John Metchie are able to go wire to wire at the wide receiver position? Uh, What if they had been better at right offensive tackle in 2021? Think about that. They really didn't have uh, a right tackle for the, the entirety of that season. Uh, It was kind of a revolving door situation. They had injuries at running back in 2021 down the stretch. Brian Robinson was beat up. Um, They had a couple of three guys that were out. Uh, You had two guys with ACLs in Jason McClellan and Roydell Williams. So it was hardly a perfect situation uh, for Bill O'Brien. I think 2022. Uh, you touched on it, didn't have the guys on the outside that they had really had for the previous, I don't know, five, six, seven years, really. Um, But that being said, I think you could have anticipated that and maybe helped your guys more schematically and by being more creative and uh, being a little bit better in your sequencing of calls and those type of things. And That just never really seemed to happen for the Alabama offense in 2022. And I think that's where most of the Alabama fans are going to hold Bill O'Brien accountable. Uh, And you look at the numbers and things still look pretty good. What, 40 points per game? Bryce, when he was healthy, was still very effective. Bryce in his two seasons under Bill O'Brien throws for 8,000 yards, 79 touchdowns. So I think it's another one of those situations, kind of like Pete Golding's departure, where the Alabama fan base ain't all that mad about it, but the place where Bill O'Brien is going is probably ecstatic given the mm-hmm. situation they endured in this past season.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, O'Brien off to the Patriots and and how he uh, develops Mac Jones is going to be an interesting watch. You mentioned that um, a few minutes ago. Mac Jones seems to be a little bit of a cross at a crossroads as as the quarterback of the Patriots. And so uh, that'll be uh, fun to watch for sure. Uh, looking forward uh, in terms of what Nick Saban might be looking for in this role, Travis, it's a, it's a bigger hire, frankly, than the DC hire, right? Because the DC, at least to me anyway, it's a little bit more of a caretaker. You're running Nick Saban's defense. If it, if it needs, you know, not that the DC doesn't play an important role. He certainly does. Um, but the OC is a little bit more out there, right, in terms of accountability in this program. And uh, I think it's – I think Saban's a little more unpredictable maybe with offensive hires than he is with defensive hires as well. So he could go in any direction. I I think, you know, the one name of all these hot candidates people are throwing around that sticks out to me – as a guy that, that I think would do a good job would be Joe Brady. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, with, with and we know Nick Saban doesn't mind at all going to get coaches that have hurt his defenses before. And uh, Joe Brady's certainly did. Joe Brady also uh, uh, kind of caught lightning in a bottle talent wise at LSU as well. I mean, that was a juggernaut in 2019 uh, down on the Bayou, but, For me, anyway, that's one name that that would make some sense.
1: Yeah, it definitely would. And you look at him right now, I guess, coaching quarterbacks up in Buffalo, and you see him interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs, which there are more than a few right now open in the National Football League. So you wonder about the realistic chances of him maybe not landing or having another opportunity at the OC level in the national football league, and then maybe coming back down to college. And I've said it before, and I absolutely have my antennas up where NFL guys may be coming down or concerned where the OC position, um, you know, it, it is what we're talking about. But I think more than ever, it's going to be tougher to convince guys to come down to college football with everything that's in play right now. You know, maybe there is a guy or two that would be open to that. But if if an NFL guy right now can stay up there, I would think he would. Um, But, you know, similar to Bill O'Brien coming down from NFL, from the NFL, maybe there's some guys in that situation. You know, Jeff Levy of Oklahoma is another guy that, you know, you think about this in terms of what if a year ago, what if Bill O'Brien goes to Tampa last year and works with Tom Brady and the job comes open. Does Jeff Levy end up in Tuscaloosa a year ago instead of OU? Um, There's some fascinating angles to consider with some of the names you're hearing about this job. When you think about even how things could have opened up uh, 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, And and I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Saban does on, on a couple of different fronts. I certainly think, The quarterback job being wide open with Bryce Young moving on is going to kind of put the spotlight on that OC right away. It's going to take a quick relationship with Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow right out of the gate. Those two obviously are going to be competing in spring practice. And, you know, who knows? A couple of incoming freshman quarterbacks are coming in as well. Uh, We know Nick Saban doesn't have a problem playing a freshman quarterback. He's done it before. He did it with Jalen Hurts, for instance. Uh, so, you know, those are going to be interesting things to watch and really in this day and age, you're talking about how it can be difficult maybe to get an NFL guy to come down to the college level, especially, I mean, if, if we're talking about continuity Mm -hmm. in a position room, the quarterback room at the college level now is more volatile from off season to off season than an NFL quarterback room which is yeah. crazy to say, but, but it really is because uh, as soon as guys figured out they're not the guy, they're going to go see if they can be the guy somewhere else.
1: Which might actually minimize the importance of continuity anymore in a quarterback room, because <laughs> if guys don't play within a year or two, they're gone anyway, you yeah. know, uh, with the movement we're seeing in college football, not just at quarterback anymore, but certainly that's the, the position we talk about the most. So. Yeah, I think you know there's also the dynamic of staff balance to take into account because you have openings still on the other side of the football with that defensive coordinator position still out there. So, you know, we've seen in the past it be five and five. I think that's the ideal scenario for on-the-field assistance, five on offense, five on defense, but we've seen them go six and four or you know, work it that way where You know, maybe they need a standalone coordinator. Bottom line is you usually see the OC and quarterback coach titles connected, right? Mm. But there have been some situations. I believe Loxley was a standalone coordinator and Dan Enos coached quarterbacks in 2018, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's an outlier. Typically, you're going to see OC quarterback coach together. Um, but there are some of those things to still consider because of what you have to do still on the defensive side of the ball.
0: How quickly do you anticipate this, this hire being made? And and as long as we're talking about this one, might as well mention the DC opening too. Pete Gold. It seems like Pete Golden has been gone three months uh, <laughs> already, but uh, two coordinator mm-hmm. hires pending for, for Nick Saban, Travis. And you wonder, as well, right? Uh, He makes an annual appearance in Mobile at the Senior Bowl to show some support for Alabama players participating there. That practice week is coming up next week. There will be NFL coaches crawling all over Mobile, as there always are. Does Nick Saban go down there to shake hands with eight players and then maybe uh, get away to a, a conference room somewhere and sit down with a coach or two there.
1: It could be, but
0: you know, you also have to consider. Uh, a week from tomorrow is the late signing day,
1: which it doesn't figure to be busy for Alabama after so much of the work that it put in in December. But I guess more so, you're wondering when will we hear from Nick Saban? Right? You know, will it be the the annual trip to? to Mobile that we've seen in the past or will it be uh, in relation to the late signing period? Um, Because I would think, though, in terms of a time frame, look, we're almost into February. Spring practice starts in March. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about coordinator spots, too. These aren't positional gigs. And even if they were, I'm guessing you would like to go ahead and get these guys in their positions where you can start that process of uh, cohesion between players and coordinators and also position coaches in some instances. So, you know, look, he's going to work through the process. He always has. He's always worked on his own time frame. We know that, but just thinking about it in sensible terms, I, I wouldn't think we're more than a week or two away from having some finality to these uh, coordinator spots.
0: Yeah, I agree. By the end of the month, I, I think Nick Saban's got a couple guys in place. Maybe, and that maybe doesn't it's mean they'll on. be
1: officially announced, by the way. You'll probably hear about so-and-so <laughs> being on the job for like three weeks. Right. And in the week of spring practice. Oh, by the way, you know, so-and-so's the new OC. There you go.
0: Yeah. Valentine's have to have them. Day, we'll find right. out <laughs> officially. <laughs> All right, we got a lot more to get to here on this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Going to be talking some Alabama basketball on the back end of things. But first, we're going to tell you about a couple of sponsors. We're going to start by telling you uh, about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings, four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you're not a new customer, uh, you could feel that conference championship rush with stepped-up same-game parlays as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TPPN. New customers, again, can bet $5 on conference championship games this weekend. Uh, Jalen Hurts, former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback among them, uh, and get $200 in free bets instantly, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. I'm
1: going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section up Tuscaloosa. It's right around the corner, man. It is Valentine's Day, 2023, and you can go ahead, beat the rush. Go ahead and call in or stop by Peter Brook Chocolatier and get that Valentine's Day order taken care of. That way, whether it's the 13th or the 14th or however you go about it, you'll just walk right in to Peterbrook Chocolatier, ask them for your order. You'll be in and out in no time. Take advantage of that opportunity. All kinds of great stuff there at Peterbrook Chocolatier from the standalone carousel that's right there in the middle of the store that has always been like it's been like a big knuckleball catcher's mitt to me it just grabs me you know like a phil micro knuckleball back in the 80s and 70s maybe even the 40s uh with the late phil Negro. but they got so many great options for you there peterbrook chocolatier the chocolate strawberries, obviously a valentine's favorite but you can add those into maybe one of those gift baskets that they do take it to the next level for that special someone on valentine's do it at Peterborough here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. All
0: right, the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network rolling on. Again, the Twitter feed Talking underscore Tide. Give us a like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Travis, we'll talk a little basketball here on the back end of things. Uh, before the show, uh, I rolled out some. Cumulative stats for the season, Travis, and now I'm having to go Henry Henry Lee Parker. Uh, <laughs> let the, me uh, get let my me, glasses. Let me get my glasses, yeah. Uh, I think Bobby, I think Bobby said it a minute ago. A while ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh talking pony excess, <laughs> greatest thirty for we, thirty of all time. Uh easily. I mean, come uh, on.
1: Not
0: even and, close. Uh, yeah, we can we can uh we can drop lines from that all day, but I can read this well enough, Travis to tell you that Brandon Miller uh, just having a phenomenal year for a, a, a shooting 33% from the line, averaging eight plus rebounds a game, uh, close, close to 20 points a game. Uh, but again, and I keep coming back to this, as good as Miller is as a as a front guy, as a star, as the guy you want the ball in his hands, at the end of the game at crunch time, what makes this team so good to me continues to be the way they can get quality minutes from just about anybody Nate Oates wants to point to on that bench. They can. Um,
1: and it doesn't always show up in the way of scoring, but when you take it all into account, uh the collective production that they get between their bigs and their perimeter guys and and Javon Quinterly coming off the bench, giving them so much on the ball. Uh, It is impressive. There's no doubt about it. And they're kind of going into this second round of seeing some teams for the second time with Mississippi State on Wednesday night being one of those teams. And they took care of business in Starkville in the SEC opener back on December the 28th and won by 11. Uh, That's been their closest league win uh, of their seven to date. So it'll be interesting to see if Mississippi State can, can make this thing competitive because since then, Mississippi State, believe it or not, was a top 25 team when Alabama saw them just a month ago. They're now one in six in the SEC, and they really struggle to score the basketball. Three of their last four games, they haven't scored 60 points. So that's not a good place to be, especially in a building where Alabama's averaging 87 points per game. And it's not just Miller, as you said. It's it's other guys in that lineup. Mark Sears has been consistently impressive. Uh, Noah Clowney, we know, can get it done. Uh, Jaden Bradley's been excellent uh, since going in that starting lineup. Now they get Namari Burnett back, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, even with Dom Welch struggling as he's been introduced to the mix after his injury earlier in the year, well, They got Namari Burnett now that they can run out there, and he can lock you down defensively and shoot the three as well.
0: Yeah, quick reset for that game against Mississippi State. It'll be an 8 p.m. Central time tip-off. It'll broadcast on the SEC Network, and Alabama is going to be looking to go to 8-0 in play if they beat Mississippi State. Of course, they stand 7-0 in the league as we record here on this Fine Tuesday evening, seventeen and two overall, Travis, and now ranked number two in the country, just behind Purdue. Uh, lofty, lofty rankings for Alabama basketball. Uh, I believe I saw where uh, they've never been. Uh, the only time they've ever been number one has been non-conference season. I think. In, I think December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if they do happen to pass Purdue uh to take over the number one ranking in the country. It'll be the latest in the year in the season that they've ever done so.
1: And that's obviously the feather in the cap that you want if you're Nate Oates, just as much as anything from a recruiting perspective. Because we all know net and those type of rankings are what actually matter as far as selection Sunday and submitting yourself uh, as a potential number one seed for the NCAA tournament. But that ranking, whether it's AP coaches Uh, It resonates. It still resonates, even as much as it's been discounted because of the other analytics now that we go by in measuring strengths of teams or strength of teams. Uh, It's still important, especially for a program like Alabama. And then you got the SEC Big 12 Challenge coming up this weekend. And look, I think in retrospect, if you could have scheduled that thing this week instead of back in the preseason uh, you would have liked maybe a different opponent for Alabama than Oklahoma. Um, it doesn't quite have the, the zip of maybe seeing a KU or, um, you know, some of the other teams in that league. But, um, you know, Alabama's got to go on the road. So they've been very good from that perspective um, and should be fine in Norman this time around. Because, again, this looks like an Oklahoma team, kind of like Mississippi State, kind of like LSU. Uh, some of the teams Alabama's already seen already in league play. They don't they don't score the ball enough to to hang in there with a team like Alabama.
0: Going to be fun that Big Twelve SEC challenge coming up this uh, uh, with Alabama and Oklahoma this weekend. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join Travis and I once again. I guess we'll get back on our Sunday night or track maybe this weekend, Travis and and recap that Alabama-Oklahoma game Sunday night and maybe look ahead a little bit to the Senior Bowl, uh, which, of course, the practice week for the Senior Bowl will commence uh, that following Monday. So uh, looking forward to that and plenty more. I want to thank our listeners and viewers here on Talking Tide and the Pigskin Podcast Network. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News And we will talk to you Sunday night on Talking Tide.